Okay. Jesus, we, um, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for just the opportunity to worship. Help these words to be yours. Lord, for those of us that call you Lord, that you're in our heart as Lord and Savior, quicken us together today to know what it is your next steps are for us. Today as we leave your church, as we commune with your people and people, Lord, that uh, we want to have know you. Jesus, may it be everything about you, giving ourselves up for you every step of the way and over the course of a life, seeing such a reward in that. In your precious name we pray, Jesus. Bless this day and this message in your precious name. Amen. So thank you, thank you, thank you for, for putting these, these cards out and writing information about who you're mentoring or who's mentoring you or, oh, wait a minute. You no, know, yeah, no, no, just I had, it was just two different weeks we did this. Um, I'm going through them and it's just delightful to see what Jesus is doing in your life. I'm encouraged. Liz was going through there and goes, do you see, do you see what Jesus is doing in people's lives? And we get to be a part of that. We get to be part of the celebration because we've got cards ourselves of people that the Lord has put us involved with. And so thank you. If you have not filled out a card yet, and, and, and you've, you have mentoring, you're doing some mentoring with some people, um, fill this out. And uh, just put your name on it, and then just say, yes or no, I've done the brown book. Or if you don't do the brown book, don't put your name on it, because we're not going to come back to you and say, why did you not put a yes on brown book? What's the pro No, no, we don't do that. But if you've done brown book and you haven't filled out a card, fill this out. And uh, so we can, like, represent the numbers correctly. Next week, we'll have this filled out. Next week, we'll have all the numbers filled out as far as the desperate goals. The desperate goals we're trusting Jesus for in terms of him to work, not us in our flesh. Him to work through us to achieve something that we can't do on our own. That's going to be vitally important. Vitally important for us here. So, so keep that in mind. Does anybody need a card offhand? They haven't been able to fill this out. I just want to like, uh, I want to get, make sure we've got, and just put it in the offering plate. Anybody else need one that hasn't done one? Just put it in the offering plate when you're done. Also, you're going to let, uh, also you're going to put down your mentoring relationships if you have any on those. Anybody else need one? Okay. Hey, interestingly enough, it's, uh, it's one more week of our, our series on radical transformation. And um, I want to let you know, next week, the final chapter, listen to the chapter. Living when dying is gain. Living when dying is gain. That's the final week there. That's the final week there. So, um, and then it goes on, the risks and the rewards of a radical life for Christ. I mean, how is that? You're going to radically love people. 
You know, as we, uh, as we approach in a couple weeks, we're going to start a several-week prayer series. And you're going to learn everything you wanted to know about prayer and even some stuff you don't want to know. But God will make it and our brain happy to receive it because it's his word. It's his word. And that gets us excited. Um, but until then, and, uh, and, and actually several weeks after, the emphasis that we've been talking about is on prayer. Prayer. Jesus, Holy Spirit, work in our church to make this a place of prayer. Work in our lives to help us to see the appetites that would grow hungry for prayer circles everywhere. In homes, in groups of two, in groups of three. Lord, help us to see if there's any prayer chains going on that we don't know about right now. We want you to make this a place of prayer. Jesus, we just, um, it's your Holy Spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, you tell us, says you. <laughs> so we petition for that. Jesus, in your precious name, amen. Hey, Paul, come up here if you would. Paul and his small group, Paul and his small group, they meet, and um, they have discovered that in their small group that meets on Friday nights, they, they could turn part of that time into a spirit, the Holy Spirit, and leadership of prayer, of prayer. And so, and so that's what he's done. And he's going to share a little bit about that today, how that makes a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think he's saying number five. There it is. Okay. 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 At the top. Um, <laughs> yes. So prayer. Um, so pastor, he just emailed us. He has like a big email chain going on talking about prayer. So I decided that we should probably just have like a time of prayer in the beginning of our Bible study. Usually we start with like worship. But um, on our Friday night Bible study, we did a time of prayer. And it's usually something that we like build up to. So if we started as like 10 minutes would be good. And then we prayed for like 20, almost 25 minutes. And it was super good. It helps us to focus on him. It helps us to see what, what we need to pray for. Sometimes we don't know. You know, sometimes the Spirit just brings things in, and it helps us to see what his will for us, is for us. So if there's any um, Bible studies going on right now that don't already do this, I like highly implore you, just try it. Just make a, a small time. It's... Start with five, ten minutes, as much as you guys can, can handle, and just put that time, not uh, just end it when everyone's quiet, let the, the silence just continue. Because you never know what the Spirit's going to do. You know, that's how, we, that's how we're, we're guided by the Spirit. So, yeah. Um, we have a, a prayer meeting. What time? Because I'm always late. N uh, nine o'clock on Sunday morning. Nine For those who are not in Bible study, we don't want to take you from your Bible study unless the Lord takes you from your Bible study. Yeah, yeah. Or just start your own. Um, we need to be, not that we aren't, but we should definitely strive to be a church that's praying. Right? Okay. I think I don't have to Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. You can put that back over there. Thank you. Good. That's right. That's right. Little brother. Little brother. Little brother. 
Hey, Robert, Robert, you mentioned the other day. Would you raise your hand so I don't embarrass you? Um, so you mentioned the other day that you were taking Cruz home and, and, uh, and Andrew and you had some others and you went outside Cruz's house and you guys gathered and you did like a huddle prayer, like, like with chummy, chummy. And uh, you had people that noticed and they walked over and they wanted to join you, was it? say that, you're like, well, now you've been here seven months. You know, I, I've got the, uh, uh, the sore uh, tail end to like prove it because we sit so long. No, no, it's just starting the good things that Jesus is up and moving in us collectively. Because we get encouraged, Liz and I, every day by story after story after story after story. It's that exciting. So, so Jesus, thank you for that. And we'll keep spurring each other on to good works that you created for us in advance, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 10. And we just rejoice in that, Jesus. We rejoice in that. Hey, how about this cartoon? He follows your tweets. That's how God always knows what you're doing. Okay, okay. Um, very cute. Very cute, yes. Okay. In your bulletin, it says, Now, the urgency... And the key to reach this generation with the message of Christ says now, says now, now is the urgency. Yeah, yeah, you know, in this book, you've overdone your welcome of evangelistic sermons to prompt us to like get out and talk to people. This is almost over, right? Yeah, next week. Did I, did I, did I read you the title for next week? Yeah, I did. Okay, um, but but it's going to be a main theme. It's. <laughs> God's redemptive plan. 
So in your bulletin, it says, now, the urgency. The key idea today, the key theme today, now, the urgency, the key to reach. Now is the key. Now is the urgency to reach this generation with the message of Christ. Please turn in your phones or in your Bible to Romans 10, 13 through 15. The Apostle Paul writes to Gentiles in Rome and he writes to Jews in Rome. And he actually addresses them specifically in terms of their waywardness in humanity. And especially up to through chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. You go, wow. So the Apostle Paul talks to Jews about, about the law and about what we really use that law for as Jesus has come. And then for Gentiles and their, and their waywardness. I want somebody, now, here's the criteria. I want somebody to read out loud in an ESV, New King James, New American, or King James, you're welcome, version. I want you to read the verse that I tell you one at a time, please. This is an engaging way to engage. <laughs> yeah. So, what we have is, is an idea to read it first, forwards to backwards, then we're going to read it back to front, because it's so crystal clear to us when we do it that way. Who would be bold enough to read verse 13 in chapter 10 through 15, ESV, New King James, New American or King James Version, out loud for everybody to hear. Anybody? Thank you. Nice and loud. What, what version? Ooh, New King James. Go ahead. But if we, bless you, but if we read it backwards and see what he's saying, we can piecemeal it to go, oh, that's what he's saying. It's a fun exercise. It's biblical. And it's from our very Lord. So who will take verse 15, just part A right now? 15, just part A. 
You're on again. Just part A? Just part A. So why is that broken down like that? So that'd be just... Yeah, go ahead and read, read, read the rest. So how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things? Okay, so, so, so what Omar read was 15b. In his Bible, it's not labeled. And so, and so, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You're going to find out that good news is Jesus. It's salvation in Jesus Christ. And you have it. And so now we want you to give it to someone else. And you're going to see the importance of that. <sighs> who will read 15a? When I say A, B, verses like verse 14, it has 14A, and then it has punctuation. Then it has another sentence, B, punctuation, and then C, punctuation. Does that make sense? So there's A, B, C, so there's just A, B, like here. But who will do 15A? Thanks, Gracie. What translation? ESV, okay. And how are they to unless they are sent. Well, let's look at this. Tell me true or false. Is this an accurate statement? God sends his called servants. True or false, based on what she said? Yeah, yeah. The servants there would be Jews and Gentiles. Servants here would be all of us who are in Christ. So we took your verse, nicely read and Omar beautifully done, and we just and we just now are taking it apart. Who will read 14C? 14C. Nice. What what translation? Thank you. Nice and loud. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are you to hear without someone preaching? The servants are sent to preach, preaching. The gospel. True or false? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for agreeing. Could you imagine if somebody disagrees and I'm going, well, I didn't prepare for that. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> but that's kind of the nuance. If you think you're stressed, yeah, uh, think about what I'm going through. Um, so here we go here. The servants, us, are sent, Jews and Gentiles, to preach. Now look at this. The word preaching Base root, cariso, in Greek. It means to be, a her to be herald, to be a herald, to announce. It is not limited to proclamation from a pulpit. That's all of us. It's the Great Commission. And, and, and I know we're almost done with this series, but if we could get to a place where we start thinking about the salvation of others, and where they're going if they should die today based on what you know, what they have spoken, what you can see as fruit from their life or none thereof, that would cause for you to have an urgency and me to have an urgency. It's really unique and important to have that. I mean, even if you just come and hang out and you just like, you're just sitting next to somebody and say, hey, how you doing? Oh, thank you. I got two people for that. I'm here too. Ah, 
Thank you. Hey, Jesus, um, Jesus has, has really started some neat things in my mind and in my heart. And I just want to tell somebody. Awesome. I want to hear it. Yeah. Awesome? I want to hear it? This is, yeah, this is awesome. I mean, there's no set script. But what happens when you're faithful to that call? You leave. You leave and you just go, whoop, whoop, whoop. I mean, you're just on cloud nine. You're on cloud nine. Is that too old of a statement? You're really high up in the air and you're just really rejoicing about that. Okay, um, it's everyone's commission. Rick Warren, Saddleback Church pastor, he retired. He wrote a lot about the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And uh, it's pretty powerful. If you want to just look that up, we're all men and women given this commission task. And it's there not to tick us off. It's there not to make us wake up and go, oh, yeah, you know what? I got to do this. Don't want to do it. It's like, but, but God's trying to open a door of blessing and illumination of his very own word and person to extend to us. It's taken me a long time to figure that out, but I see it more than ever, even when I screw things up. Oh, who will do 14B? Okay, what translation? ESV, let's go. Stop being so self-centered that 
thinking it's all about me at times. And do that for the people that God's put right around us. It's like he's surrounded <laughs> us with people. And it's just like the light doesn't go on that we should be praying for them and reaching out to them. It's just so crazy how blinded we get. And we're going, I went to buy this Christian mind. It's good. It's bad. It's kind of bored. It doesn't have to be that way. Who will go to 13? But hey, that's oh, But what do you got? I picked the four translations that are the most literal word for word, phrase for phrase, so nobody goes, I don't have that here. Ooh, an ASB. Beautiful translation. Ooh, goosebumps. Go ahead. When these hearers believe, they C-O-T-N-O-T, they caught them. Call on the name of the Lord. They call on the name of the Lord and are saying, wow, that's, that's, that's just kind of powerful. And then as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You're going to intentionally share a little of your faith, even invite someone to church, even to say that Jesus has really helped my family. That's a witness. That counts. To go and just bring somebody gifts. Yes, it counts. It's, it's love. And depending on the gift, it could be sacrificial love. But at some point, we want to say, who's behind the love? It's, 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 it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And, uh, and that's hard for people to say. Okay, moving right along, listen to this. We're going to come into a little bit of a dilemma for you and I. Where does God's plan break down? Where does God's plan break down? Look at these things. Where does it break down? Where? What? With us. With the servants commissioned to go. It breaks down with us. And so, yes, Lord, forgive me for just ignoring my neighbors for so, so long that, that I don't even know if they're going to be open to that. But Jesus, you're a miracle worker. And you allow 180 degree turns. So we just, we just give it to you. Yeah, it breaks down there. It breaks down for sure there. The servants, the people to go to refuse the blessing. Hey, could God have chosen to write his redemptive plan to us in the clouds? You know, like, like butterly, butter, buttery, fluffy clouds would be preferred. It's just so neat. But guess what? Yes, he could. Did he? No, he didn't. Matter of fact, let's take this. This is a really good nugget. It's a really good nugget. So that means all the rest of what you said was just really nothing? Uh, no, this is good, though. If we look at the book of Acts, there is not one part or verses where the gospel is advanced to others outside of the human agent, outside of the human one to another. 
Look at Acts. There's not one place. The history, we see the history of Christianity kind of played out. Always person to person. Person to person. Next week, I got just a short little video from my son-in-law who read this book. Talked about the 40 million people who left the church in the last so many years. It's a great book. And here's what he's concluded. Well, I'll make you wait till next week. But he's concluded something major about these people that are all around us and what it is they're looking for. I'll save that for, uh, for next week. It's the human element. It's the human agent. That's why it's so important. And you know what? So often, and I know this because I've grown up a few years we hear these challenges to be more to people for Christ, invite them to church, whatever it is to get them to hear. And you're the messenger. And Satan knows. And Satan is just right there to distract, to dissuade, to say and make you think, nah, you know what? You can do that tomorrow. You've got enough today. And you may. But tomorrow sometimes is several years and maybe a decade later. I should have done it, but you know what? Devil got me again. I suffer and you suffer when he gets the best of us like that. So what happens to the innocent guy in the middle of Africa who dies without ever hearing the gospel? This is like a real perplexing question. What happens to the innocent guy? It could be your neighbor. You're like, I don't think anybody talks to that person. <laughs> I don't think he wants people to talk to him. <laughs> uh, it could be a friend. It could be a, a family, a co-worker. could be any of those people. But how about the person that's way out in a remote area in Africa? Let's talk about it just a couple minutes before we close. All human history began with humanity knowing God. Adam and Eve. But turned from the truth and rejected him. So you see these remote places and these people, it started with God and humanity. So keep that in mind. That's easily forgotten there. Fast forward. God reveals himself to us through his creation. Romans 1, 18 through 20. He tells us that, that no one would be without an excuse because he says through his creation, he makes himself known. So, so all people would know everywhere. Romans 2, 14 and 15. He placed his law on the Gentile hearts who knew nothing of him. And the Gentiles would wonder, things that they would think, well, I want to be merciful to somebody or kind to somebody. They'd be in conflict because that was God's law written on their hearts. That's what he also does in a general revelation. So it's just like, okay, you're there. You've always been there. Okay, 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 okay. Maybe, maybe we got to reconsider this innocent guy in the middle of Africa. Maybe there's more consequence to it than because we all want to think he's going to be okay. God, he's going to be okay. God's going to just love him. He's going to be okay. Let me challenge your thinking a little bit. 
Because I, I used to think that wholeheartedly. Romans 1.22, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So, so these people out and about, okay, that they, you'll find that we find that we can see with them that there's this innate void and vacuum in our heart to want to worship something. You see it because if you go to a native land, you know, they'll pull out a little skull, you know, or they'll put on a stick. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, no, 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 no. But, but, but look here. Look here what's, what's being fulfilled, what we see. Oh, we still send missionaries. Oh, absolutely. But, 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 but the case is, what happens to the innocent guy in the middle of Africa that dies without ever hearing the gospel? The missionaries didn't get there. Okay? They got salmonella poisoning at the local restaurant. They never got there. I'm pretending. Uh, but anyway, whatever the deal is, the facts about God are not hidden with the sounds and power of a lighted thunderstorm or a conviction and demonstration to extend mercy to someone. And that's from the verses up above. These are people, Gentiles, who don't know God. They're lost in their sin, but God still has revealed in through their heart that he's present, that he's there, that he's creator, that he's sustainer, that he's almighty. No one can be without excuse here. Let's go on. Do all people have knowledge of God? Listen to this. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. So you're thinking, okay, God, that's magnificent. You are glorif you are glorified. You are full of glory. Your earth proclaims that. So let's let's conclude, let's conclude today with this before Sandy comes and gives another just minute, couple minute testimony um, and before we sing and go. Um, so what happens to the innocent guy in the middle of Africa who dies without ever hearing the gospel? Here's what happens. The innocent guy doesn't exist anywhere in the world. We're born guilty. Show me where it says that. Okay. Romans 5.12. Show me another place. Let's get together and I'll show you five places. We're born guilty sinful. We're born guilty. Oh, that raises a lot of questions. Let's talk. Let's talk. Next one. If he's innocent, does he actually need a savior then? If he's innocent, does he actually need a savior? Yeah. Yeah. But if he's truly innocent and he thinks he's innocent, okay, and, and we know he's not, you're thinking, okay, 
He doesn't know what he needs. So many of us, so many of us go, oh, if they die and didn't hear, God's going to take care of them. He's going to bless them. He's, they're going to be in heaven. I'm going to argue against that. You can disagree with me, but let me just give you two more things uh, before we go. David Platt says, all people are guilty before God, and as such, the default is not heaven but hell. 100%. That's also something we could go into. To feel sorry for the person who's the innocent guy in the middle of Africa, doesn't get evangelized. To feel sorry for the person and provide them with a free pass to heaven is not biblical. Because once they get to heaven, if they become aware of Jesus and salvation, if they have free will, I'm out of here. I'm not <laughs> Are you crazy? The awkwardness of that. The absolute awkwardness of that. Doesn't make sense. And then finally, the urgency for us to go and witness, to reach friends and family and co-workers for Christ. It's just now. I don't care how we do it. Just now and then tell somebody your story. We, just, we, we talk about it a lot, but, but it just doesn't seem the urgency I can't impress upon each of us enough to see the blessing that'll come to your family, your relationship with God yourself. It's just unbelievable. Could somebody get Sandy? She's got a little story that has to do with witnessing that we'll close with uh, here. Now is the urgency. And the key to reach this generation with the message of Christ. Now, Jesus, right now, as we wait for Sandy, Jesus, is there anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord? Is there anyone here, Lord, that, that just never has received you? And, and, and who we call a Christian, who, who's realized that they're sinful and they don't have a relationship with you, because they haven't invited you, Jesus, into their heart to be Lord, realizing that they're a sinner. Lord Jesus, uh, I pray that we'll all see the gravity of our sin. And for those of us who are Christian, who's invited you into our hearts to be Lord, you've paid for our sin debt to give us a chance to live freely on this earth, serving and loving and adoring you. So with everybody's eyes closed, is there anybody here? Just raise your hand. If there's anybody here right now that just hasn't received Jesus into their heart who wants to. I'll lead you in a quick prayer. Everybody will stay with their eyes closed. You go, yeah, I nailed that down. Jesus is now in my heart. It's official. I'm a Christian. Anybody need to pray that prayer? Anybody? I got one person. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, for that one person, it's that important. Say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. Dear Jesus, I, I choose to follow you. Dear Jesus, forgive me and thank you for paying my sin debt. Dear Jesus, come into my heart to be my Lord. 
Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me and for the entire world. And that you arose three days later to live again and to live inside of me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for coming into my heart and being my Lord. In Jesus, your precious name.